You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Joe Clark, so nice to chat with you again this afternoon. How are you doing? Yes, yes, I'm very well. It's a beautiful sunny day, and I nearly jumped in my pool but ran out of time. I know. I have to I, tell you a funny I told that, uh, story. <laughs> I told that story to, yes, to Jen uh, last week. She was, uh, <laughs> very, found that very amusing. Well, I've got another funny one. So uh, <laughs> my pool guy uh, was a close contact for COVID and so had to um, you know, self-isolate. And mm-hmm. so he was meant to come around and do the pool maintenance thing, that, which I have um, – <laughs> I've done an online pool maintenance course because I was like, I need to know how to do this. I need to ha- know how to run wow. my own system. And online, have you got a certificate or something? <laughs> no, but uh, I did spend quite a lot of time watching videos. <laughs> anyway, so um, it was fun and I feel very educated. And then mm-hmm. the pool guy came and he spent an hour with me and I literally walked around being like, what's that? And what's that? And why is that happening? And how do I do this? And he was so understanding. Barry, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but then Barry's in in self isolation, yeah. and so I thought, right, I I can now do this. I've done the course. I've spent an hour with Barry. I'm yeah. going to change over the filter because this is the a big needle, moment. Yeah. The, the the pressure needle was saying it was time. He said, if the pressure needle is up straight, it's time. And I was like, it's time. It's time. <laughs> so I I thought, okay, I'm just going to pre watch my video just to make sure I've got it right. I've got it right. I've got it right. Okay. So I go out and I undo the the turny thing that un- that takes the lid off the filter yep. and it's not coming off. And I was like, oh, okay. And I thought, oh, I know. It might be the air. It might be the air in the filter or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. So I screw that thing back on again and I think, I remember what, what we Barry did. He undid this little thing and a bit of air came out until the water started coming out and then he closed ah. it. But I couldn't remember how far he opened it. So I was running the pump and undid this little pressure release thing. I thought, I guess I'll just undo it a little bit more. I'll just undo it a little bit more. Meanwhile, the pump is running, so there's water running through the system, has just started running through the system. Next minute, there is like a geyser of water <laughs> oh, no. flowing out of the top of my filter. Oh, no. <laughs> because the pressure release thing actually popped out because <laughs> I undid it too far. So there was water going everywhere. I very quickly switched off the pump. But it was one of those moments where... <laughs> I was covered from head to toe in water. And yeah. I was like, okay, that's not how to empty <laughs> the water from <laughs> the air from the filter. Anyway, I've got it. I've worked it out. I've put the lid back on. It's all fine. I've fi- fixed the filter, but I will never make the same mistake of undoing the pressure release valve, the re- you know, air release valve too far again because yeah. it was a water explosion. <laughs> that would have looked great on video, Joe. I'm, it's a shame nobody caught that. Well, the funny thing was there was someone at my house at the time doing some gardening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, did they see that? No, they didn't. I got away with it. It's okay. <laughs> oh, uh, well, before long, you'll be the pool. You'll be the just, you'll own this pool. You'll know it. You'll, That's right. It'll right. be. Yeah. With your encouragement, a, Richard, and many others. You've got a others. degree. You've got yep. experience. Well, it is called Swim University. And I've been back to university. On this one. <laughs> yes. Are you going to add that second t- tertiary degree? That's, that's fantastic. Oh, so A funny. third tertiary degree for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Richard? What have you been up to? 
Oh, well, I thought I'd share today with uh, you and our listeners my Psalms Memory Palace, okay? Ooh, yeah, so you were talking I, about I, Memory I Palace that. ages ago, yeah. All right, so um, bringing together two ideas from former podcasts. One, The Memory Palace, uh, which mm-hmm. a book by about episode 30 last year, a book by Lynn Kelly talking about building this uh, thing in your mind with locations that you can remember things by putting them in order in this Memory Palace. Yeah, mm. uh, And I've combined that idea with something else I read um, I shared about um, reading Psalms in a month mm, um, yes. Tim Keller in a podcast shared about reading Psalms in a month using the book of common prayer kind of breakup morning and evening and um, I've enjoyed that I've been doing a bit of that it's, it's sort of five ten minutes in the morning five ten minutes in the evening but I was getting a bit lost in Psalms so I thought I'm going to combine I'm going to put Psalms in a memory palace <laughs> now this was a big project. This was uh, some holiday work here, but I came up with that 150-point memory palace and I've Whoa. put the Psalms in and for the first time now in my mind, I'm walking through the, the memory palace, uh, stopping at each location as I read the Psalms. No way. Now, this sounds pretty weird. So to illustrate this, this morning, part of my, my memory palace is at my home, part of it's in the Black Park, Blackbutt Nature Park, but I'm, I'm now yeah. out at... Um, Merryweather Beach, and um, for my my little walk involves in my mind going through the little aquarium tunnel under the road oh, there yes. at uh, Merryweather Beach. Yeah, that's Psalm hundred and hundred twenty one, and there's a verse in Psalm hundred twenty one where he, the Lord is your shade at your right hand, and so I think to myself, oh, that's a nice shady tunnel, and that is that verse there. So. <laughs> My hope is that now um, I'll think aquarium, tunnel, shade, Psalm 121, and these psalms will somehow kind of just lodge in my mind a little bit more. Yeah. Using, there we are, the memory palace and the reading psalms. So, yeah, that was my morning mentally walking through that tunnel at Merriweather. And then I'll go to the park, car park and the stairs and the change room and the kids' pool and the big pool, each for a little psalm. And, and I'm hoping that's going to lodge in my brain better. That that's the story. That is going to be so good. <laughs> it might. It, it yeah. might not. I'm not sure. It's, I'm, I'm trying it, but, yeah. Well, I'm feeling very optimistic for you because imagine that, but imagine the end result. You'll have 150 psalms mm. just sort of with little catches and little content books. Yeah. In your mind, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think it's starting to work because, like, Psalm 119 is the lily pond at Blackbutt. I don't know if you've been there. Yeah. But Psalm 118 is a picnic area, and Psalm 118 has the line about um, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Mm. And now, in my mind, I'm thinking Psalm 118, that picnic area. There's a big stone there. I'm picturing a big stone. Yeah, right. And I'm starting to, you know, just make those connections. Remember. I love that. We'll see. Ask me again in a year if it's still going, if it's okay. still working. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But, oh, I'm uh, excited for you. Thank you, Joe. That's Go my story. <laughs> thank this you. This is good. <laughs> All right. More Bible. This is great. Yes. Yes. You're in, uh, you're, you're camped in Jeremiah. Tell us yeah, about Yeah, well, that. I've been indulging in going back through the talks um, mm. that we've been doing from church. But I found a confronting passage this morning and I thought, you know what, let's talk about it. Yeah. So sure. Jeremiah 12, basically Jeremiah is now talking to the Lord. Yeah. And this is what he says. You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. 
Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? You have planted them and they have taken root. You gr- they grow and bear fruit. You are always on their lips, but far from their hearts. Yet you know me, Lord. You see me and you test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. And then it continues. Mm. I am deeply confronted by those last two sentences. Drag mm. them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. I just, I think my initial reaction is always no. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and, I, I, you know, whenever um, David calls upon God to deal with his enemies, mm. I also have this reaction. And then my mind goes to, oh, um, this is the word of the Lord. How can you understand it? Like seek to obey it and understand it. Mm. Um, but calling on God to do something to someone else is just not how I've been raised to think. And it's culturally very inappropriate. Like you would mm. never, in Australian culture, you would not, well, I don't know. It just, it just feels wrong. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, mm. I have thought about this actually. Uh, Joe, you've caught me at a good time because mm. um, I'm currently writing some Bible studies on uh, the Confessions of Confessions Jeremiah. Of Jeremiah. Uh, I which did is, wonder if you'd thought about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a sort of a little collection that scholars have identified of these kind of times that we're in Jeremiah's sort of 10 to 20 where he's addressing God. Mm. Um, and uh, this is an example of something called imprecation. Yes. Have you heard of that word before? Yes, because he had like the imprecatory prayers that David prays yes. in the Psalms. Or, it's, you know, yeah. it, it's quite unfamiliar to me, but it, it's... I've, I've um, remember this word is lodged in my mind. It, it is something called imprecation, which is calling down woe or calling down curses upon someone. Mm. And um, yeah, it is in the Bible. There's no getting around it. Um, mm. Jeremiah, um, on this occasion and a few other of his words, um, David um, in some of the Psalms, mm. and it's confronting because yeah, like you say, it just doesn't feel right. Mm. Um, and why doesn't it feel right? I think that's partly of from the Bible teaching that we've had and our, that our, mm. our, our Western culture has had of um, show love to your enemies, forgive mm. those who hurt you, mm. um, um, do not take revenge. Um, mm. um, that theme is strong in the Bible and it's shaped us. So, mm. yeah, we find passages like this uh, confronting. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think, I think. Oh, sorry, did you No, you no, you go on. To say? I guess I was also thinking um, it's God's place to decide and to to decide about judgment and to make judgments. And so then my mind popped to, oh, but you know, we judge other Christians. There's, um, and so uh, I just I wrestle with the idea that a human could make a judgment about another human, but at the same time, humans do make judgments about other humans, and Christians are called to encourage each other not to sin and to rebuke brothers and sisters in in love and Mm. and i think as well in the face of really clear injustice we would want to cry out to god and say god stop this Mm. but it seems so personal and almost how can jeremiah cry this out without it being some kind of sinful vengeance yeah yeah Mm. well 
I'll throw a few ideas out, Joe. Yeah. But I don't want to resolve the tension, you know, like Yeah, uh, no, that's right. I need to I need to work on it. Yeah. Part of um yeah, the bit of it's a bit of a mind shift for us, which I do all the time, where we come to the Bible, think, um, let's we tend to go like uh, let's let's um I, I want the Bible to conform to where I'm at at the moment. And That's this is exactly one of these right. things. I want this to be like, a comfortable experience. <laughs> the Bible's just standing up saying, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm the boss here. So <sighs> this reminds us, you know, the order of things. Mm. Um, so that's one point. Second point, I think, is just remember the context and, and to mm. take each prayer of imprecation on its own terms. Mm. Um, so who is Good David? Point. What is his situation? What is his context? Yeah. yeah his concept. Here is Jeremiah. Who are his now, enemies? Yeah. yeah. Who are these people? And, yeah. And for Jeremiah, he's a prophet with unique mm. insight into God. Um, it's a time and place when God's people are very much opposing him, mm. um, despite um, hun- hundreds of years of patience. Um, mm. And God has already yeah. uh, forecast um, judgment upon people who've rejected him. And yeah. yeah. And he's forecast that Jeremiah will face opposition as well. And he will, mm. you know, he's. Really clearly in Jeremiah one nineteen, they'll fight against you, and, yeah. and so I can see how Jeremiah is really unique. He's not your regular person, mm. and so drawing implications about what Jeremiah is saying straight to me would be yeah. a wrong reading of the text. Um, yeah, but it, it's very confronting to read. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, did you have another point? Oh, yeah, a couple more. Um, yeah. we always got to read things through uh, the gospel and the pointing gospel, forward to Jesus yeah. and fulfillment there, and. Um, and then as we, as we look at the Jesus in the New Testament, yeah, we've got to look at all that teaching on forgiving of enemies and mm. uh, wishing well for people and Sermon on the Mount is a big place to go. Mm. Um, but there are times in the Old Testament where there are imprecations of sorts. Mm. Um, so Jesus expresses woe to the Pharisees. Um, mm. He expresses woe upon Chorazin and Beth, Bethesda, Bethsaida, or Bethsaida, Bethsaida, um, Bethsaida yeah. for, for rejection of him. Yeah, uh, Paul calls... Um, People who distort the gospel, let them be eternally condemned. Whoa. Uh, in Galatians. Um, That's right. I remember Peter that. Peter s- mm. says to Simon, may your money perish with you in Acts chapter 8. Mm. Um, so once you sort of you know, look around it, it's, it gets a little more interesting. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, but I'm, I'm very well, happy to leave the tension there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. And um, what about you, Richard? What have you been reading? Oh, this time, listening. I have listening. found uh, a really good podcast. I think I've shared on this on our, our chats that I need a lot of encouragement as an evangelist. Mm. <laughs> I'm not a, not a natural, so I try to read books on evangelism. And I've just found a great podcast on um, evangelism. It's called Passion for Life. Uh, the idea is, um, yeah, it's a bit of a play on the words for life, for the life of the gospel, but also for lifetime, for a long term. Um, and it's uh, hosted by a guy called Craig Dyer, who works for Christianity Explored in Scotland. Wow. And the purpose of this podcast is to help encourage um, Christians and Christian leaders um, in uh, a culture of, of mission and evangelism in their churches. And um, so it's not apologetics. It's not, you know, vigorous engaging in um, debates and things. It's just conversations with church leaders who are trying to promote culture or living things out themselves. Or, so... Um, just recently, he had a good conversation with, with Rico Teese. Oh, yeah. Um, who's writ, wrote Honest Evangelism, I think we've discussed before. Yes. And um, it's just great hearing Rico's story, Rico's story 
uh, hearing about why he evangelizes, how he approaches it, the th- mm. and uh, the optimism, the positivity, but still you know, the hardness of it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening through this one pretty regularly over the next uh, few weeks and months yeah, nice. um, on, um, yeah, encouraging evangelism. Does it make you just think, oh, I'm going to go talk to that person now? <laughs> like, does it really move you to action or is it more like a conviction? Yes, I, think I it's believe gonna- that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a slow, a slow thing. Yeah, building yeah. conviction, yeah. giving little things in the moments. Like the one I caught this morning, um, it was a great story from Orico, um, a little Bible message. He, he mentioned just how the the rich man and Lazarus, you know that story in the Gospels? Yeah. Yeah. He said that was the first time the rich man encountered a problem. His first problem in life was when he found himself in hell. And he was like, that's for some of my wealthy friends, mm. that feels like them. Wow. And so I don't want that to be the case. And so he, a little thing wow. like that motivates him um, <laughs> for evangelism. I said, so I was just soaking it up, loving it. <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, well, we're out of time, brother, but um, it's been good to chat about um, <laughs> all and sundry, Jeremiah and evangelism and other things. Um, we have. For people, people listening along, we just want to encourage you to keep um, yeah, accessing great resources to help you grow in your love and knowledge of Jesus. And so why not, um, yeah, jump on the Reformers Bookshop, use the promo code HOMEGROWN and, um, yeah, save some money and buy something quality. Or you can download that podcast. What was it called? Passion for Life. Yeah, Passion for Life. I'll put a link for that yeah. in our show notes. And I'll yeah, also, nice. Joe, as a special bonus, put my uh, Word document with a list of uh, Psalms if anyone <laughs> would like to build their own Psalms. Memory Palace. Uh, memory Palace. Nice. Oh, what an offer. All righty, team. Well, it's been good to chat and um, I'll talk to you again next week. See you later. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.